Welcome to Envision, fostering a community for change. Your co-hosts are Ronnie Langer-Kroger and Thomas Rosenberg. In today's program, you'll meet fascinating people who are implementing innovative ideas to make a difference both locally and globally. Now, here is your host. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Envision. I'm your co-host, Ronnie Langer-Kroger. I hope that you were able to catch the last show with Thomas Rosenberg. If not, please check it out. He talked with the Institute for Evolutionary Leadership about consciously cultivating a new perspective on leadership in order to create the just, inclusive future we want. Today, we're going to talk about how the dollars we spend contribute to the world we want to see. There's no better time to talk about this than the holiday season, the busiest shopping season of the year. This time of year, many of us are searching for the perfect gifts to give our loved ones. But did you know that where we buy these gifts has an impact on our neighborhoods? When we shop at local, independent businesses, we invest in our communities. But sometimes we don't have the time to stroll through that local shop, so we buy online because it's faster. Today, we'll be talking to Hannah Onstad, founder of Local, an online platform that makes buying local and investing in our community convenient and easy. Hannah, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ronnie. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan of you and your work with Optima, so thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Really appreciate you taking the time out today. First off, I wanted to hear, what inspired you to start Local? Well, Local is the service that I wanted, and it didn't exist, so I thought I should just make it happen, as there might be other people out there who also want to support their local bookstores and want a convenient way to find a particular book locally from one of these nearby local independent bookstores without going out to each one or calling each one. And um, so it's really the service that I wanted. And um, I started local as an online platform, and it offers a quick, easy way to find what you're looking for, order it online, and have it ready for in-store pickup so you know, when it's, you know it's there when you go into the store. Or alternately, you can get it delivered or shipped to another address. So it makes shopping for books from independent bookstores more convenient. And I should point out for listeners that the online platform has a creative spelling of the word local. It's spelled L and then the first four letters of Oakland, which is where we're based. So it's L-O-A-K-L.com. And this is a passion project for me because I've worked in publishing for a long time, first in publicity and marketing and then in editorial And I've also developed ed tech projects and websites. And I was really, frankly, frustrated with how Amazon was taking more and more market share from these local bookstores and over online sales. And I felt there should be a way for local bookstores to recapture some of those sales. Thank you, Hannah. Uh, You have a really special relationship with bookstores, um, not only from your publishing history, but just growing up. Can you talk a little bit more about that and your stories about bookstores? Yes. Well, first and foremost, I want to say we're incredibly lucky here in the Bay Area to have such a healthy and vibrant independent bookstore culture. And not every city has that. So I'll just talk a little bit about the East Bay, which I know really well and which has more than 20 independent bookstores. And each one is distinct. And what they're really offering is a unique experience. So if you go to East Bay booksellers, what used to be Diesel, it's contemporary and it's cozy. There are big red leather chairs to sink in in front of the fireplace. And it's perfect when it rains outside on a quiet afternoon. Marcus Bookstore, which has been around forever, specializes in books by African-American authors. They might be playing lovely jazz when you go in. There are African arts everywhere. They're really a pillar in the community. Laurel Bookstore, if you look downtown, is the place to go during your lunch hour or to peruse a nice collection of new releases. And Mrs. Dalloway's... um, has truly wonderful author events. They bring in very established literary authors who come through on book tours. You can find a really different mix of events. Um, Octopus Literary Salon serves delicious food and has events almost every night. Wolfman's General Interest Bookstore just opened a second location near the MacArthur BART. And what you see is just a diversity in terms of the kinds of bookstores that are around. If you're looking for new and used books, there's Walden Pond and Moe's, and they have that late-night bookstore roaming experience. 
Allen Company on Piedmont has a great interior space. So I just think that what we're seeing is we're seeing bookstores that really take space up in our communities that um, are third spaces. Um, this is the idea of a great good place for books, um, which really stresses the notion that, you know, besides home and besides work, these third spaces are places where, you know, um, we can go and we can hang out or potentially have a lively conversation with another patron. And this is the heart of community. It's important for civil society, democracy, civic engagement, is this sense of belonging and place. So I've always found that this was really important. And, um, you know, beyond that, I think bookstores are members of our communities. They hire local people, your neighbors maybe, and they support schools and they pay local taxes. So we recognize them as, as really vital to our communities. Yeah, and we all have fond memories of spending hours in local bookstores. Tell us a little bit about some of your fond memories and spending hours oh, in bookstores. Oh, yes. Well, when you know, I mean, I grew up in a town that really only had, didn't even have a proper bookstore. Um, we had sort of a glorified magazine store, and uh, it was where you could find newspapers, magazines, and maybe a handful or two of books, a few shelves of books. And I would plop down in the aisles and read Agatha Christie novels. I'd pick up Mad Magazine. I mean, I really appreciated the fact that, you know, I could go there with my mom and she would get lost in one aisle and I'd get lost in another. And um, so I have very fond memories of um, these spaces, not just bookstores, but also libraries in our communities, places where we can really get exposed to a lot of different ideas and browse the world of ideas. And um, I think this is really important. And the diversity of those ideas is important, too. Yeah, it's kind of like the bookstores are a window on the world, especially if you can't travel to these places or, you know, places that aren't, uh, that are fantasy and you can't travel to them at all. And right. the the third, sa- third space role in our communities. But despite these role in our communities, it's been a challenging business environment for local bookstores and, and local retailers in general. Over the past 30 to 40 years, spending patterns have shifted. First, it was the rise of big box chains, and more recently, it's been online superstore Amazon. What impact does this shift in spending have on our local economy? Yes, that's a great question. Um, Well, independent bookstores have really weathered the chains, uh, Barnes & Noble and Borders first, and then the rise of Amazon and online sales. And then the wave of, you know, the ebook revolution, which was supposed to be the end of the physical book, which it's not. So there's, there's lots of evidence to suggest that that's really plateaued. And what we're experiencing now is a renaissance of independent bookstore culture. And on one hand, you can say, well, indie bookstores are a very resilient group. Um, they know their customers. They understand the value of what they bring. So that's very positive. Um, however, I would say that what's happening everywhere is technology is making it easier for well-funded businesses to dominate the playing field. And um, these dominant technology platforms like Amazon are using very sophisticated techniques to get you to spend your money online with them. And when you do that, that money leaves our local economy and it goes towards corporate profit, it goes to shareholders. And um, that means the money doesn't recirculate in our local uh, community. And when you buy from a local store, more of each dollar tends to stay in the community. And that is better for the community as a whole in terms of local tax, a sense of neighborhoods, um, support for local schools, paying local wages to people who live here. There was actually a study recently by the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, and they estimated that for every $100 you spend at a local business, $52 will stay in the community, whereas that amount is much lower for national chains or massive online retailers. So the loss of this money recirculating in the community is a problem. It gets extracted from the community. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, I mean, Amazon has avoided paying um, $704 million tax dollars in tax money, local and state tax revenue, 
in many states, uh, this goes back to 2015, a study that was done again by the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, and that was on $55.6 billion worth of retail goods sold nationwide. So, so this is a problem. Um, that's a huge shift of our spending dollars going to massive online retailers, and it makes smaller bookstores, it really puts pressure on them. It's hard for them to compete. Yeah, and it's not just about the dollars uh, flowing through the community. Uh, these local bookstores and other local independent retailers also serve as a real connection point within the community. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, exactly. I mean, I think that um, what's clear is that um, these these local businesses are businesses where their tax revenue, they're paying local property tax, they're paying local sales tax, and there are things that we need in our communities, roads, schools, police and firemen, vibrant downtowns, and and we're not going to really be able to fund those if we keep giving very large um, multinationals uh, tax breaks when they don't actually need them. So I think the upshot is, you know, we get a choice in what we do. We get to vote with our dollar, and there's been a lot of work done locally by organizations like Oakland Grown and the Buy Local Movement. Uh, So many people here um, are already very knowledgeable and conscious of why making a choice to support local businesses is a good one. Um, I think we just need to keep encouraging that and and, uh, make sure that we're spending every dollar in a wise way. Yeah, it's really clear that the presence of strong local independent businesses is necessary for a resilient community. How can local independent stores keep up and thrive as the pace of automation increases? Mm. Well, my thought on that is that we have to be strategic and use technology also, but not in the same extractive way that um, some of these large tech firms have, who basically, you know, they're chasing growth at all costs. And I think instead we want to use technology to support community, to support small businesses, the local economy, and true democratic values. And there's a wonderful book about some of this that's called uh, Move Fast and Break Things, How Facebook, Google, and Amazon Cornered Culture and Undermined Democracy by Josh Taplin. And Josh was the director, or perhaps still is the director emeritus of the Annenberg Innovation Lab at USC. And the book just came out, and he speaks eloquently about the concentration of power among these tech platforms and how much influence they have and how it's been largely unchallenged and it's not healthy for the middle class. And I I think that one of the points he makes is really that um, a lot of these companies have sort of been given a free pass But now I think the means of um, organizing and also creating solutions is available to everyone. And I think that we just have to be more strategic, be smart about how we're employing technology and being sure it's really in the service of the community and in the service of our neighborhoods and not working against us. And what are some of the ways that you're seeing that technology is effectively being used in the community? To serve local businesses. Well, you know, for local, I think um, what we're trying to do is we're we're really a pollinator business. So uh, we exist to support other local businesses. That's really our purpose. And so um, the the way the company is structured, the way the business model works, it's really in support of keeping those businesses alive. So it's a blend of online and offline that is sensible for the community. You can order online, but you can pick it up in-store at the local location. That store gets a sale. And that store gets a sale that they might not otherwise get from a customer who may be just outside of their foot traffic range. So um, we're using technology. We're making it convenient for people to order and shop online. But we're also doing it in a way that supports local businesses. And I think that's very, very important. Can you talk a little bit more about this concept of a pollinator business? Because that might not be familiar with some of our audience members. Um, where where did sure. that come from? I got the idea from I um, uh, got the idea from Michael Schumann's book, The Local Economy Solution. And in that book, he really discusses some of the problems with the way local um, economic development is done today. 
And we're seeing that, in fact, with um, Amazon has recently announced they're looking for a second headquarters and lots of different uh, state and local governments have come up with incentives to try to lure them to their area because they believe they'll bring jobs. And what Michael Schumann points out in his book is that a lot of times um, these incentives are maybe over the top, not necessary. They're very generous, and um, they, they're giving, giving some, something away to these large companies that they don't necessarily have to. And if they pull back on those incentives, those companies just pick up and go somewhere else. So he's talking quite a bit about how the local economy um, is more stable and helps people and delivers jobs and keeps money in the community, and that that's really vital to the, the long-term stability of the community. And he talks about a need for pollinator businesses. That Those are businesses that exist to support other businesses, to bring them together, to kind of create networks where local businesses can rely on one another for things and and sort of enjoy that network effect of uh, reinforcing and building both community and a customer base together. And that's really what local is all about. Excellent. And you see a lot of pollinator businesses in our area, right? Um, what are some of the others that, that you've been working with? Well, um, Optima, I think, is a pollinator business because... Uh, Optima does a lot of work to support social entrepreneurs, and in turn, those entrepreneurs find out about other businesses that have services and supports that they can use. So um, I've worked with Pickup, which is a local delivery service, uh, also that sort of grew up in the in the Optima boot camp, and um, I want to see Pickup grow, and I see local growing alongside. I mean, local won't be able to... Uh, provide all the services it needs itself. So uh, partnering with third party that really specializes in delivery makes a lot of sense. And I see that possibility um, in other cities as well as local growth. So I think we have to think about what are the ways in which um, businesses that we work with can, in fact, be um, beneficial to other people in our community and make sure that we're, we're kind of uh, passing on the good word, if you will. Terrific. We're speaking with Hannah Onstad from Local, and we will be right back after a short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is your community on a journey to build consensus or define a vision for the future? Do you want your organization and people to flourish? Are you feeling burnt out or seeking guidance to leave old patterns of thinking and being behind? With international experience in change leadership, consensus building, and organizational transformation, Thomas Rosenberg guides leaders and change makers, their organizations, and communities on their journeys of transformation. For more information and to contact him, visit Regenerate.coach. We live in perilous times on a beautiful yet fragile planet. As a species, we are not doomed to self-destruct. We can live in peace and in love for one another. We can save this, our only home. We must mature. Open your mind. Soften your heart. Listen for the fate of humanity. Crucial conversations for our survival. With host Lauren N. Nile, tune in. The Fate of Humanity airs Wednesdays at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio. Live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. 
Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Envision. To find out more about the program or to leave comments and questions, please visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Envision Regenerative Communities. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Hannah Onstad from Local, and we're talking about the importance of buying local. Hannah, you touched on it a little bit earlier, how the local platform works, but can you expand on that? And, you know, if I'm a consumer, how do I get on the platform and and work with you? Oh, sure. So if you come to local.com, and um, that is L-O-A-K-L.com. It's the creative spelling of local. Um, You can just type in the book that you're interested in. Um, There's a very basic form that you fill out, and you tell us some basic information like who your favorite bookstore is, um, what your email address is, what you're looking for, and and we get back to you within 24 hours. A lot of times it's much quicker than that. Uh, We can uh, get back to people sometimes as quickly as 20 minutes later once we found the book, and um, that book then is either made available for you for in-store pickup. You do the transaction online. There's an invoice that gets sent to you. You do the transaction online, and then you can go down to the store and pick it up that same day if it's found locally. Uh, Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. I've been getting a lot of requests lately for textbooks that are a little bit trickier to find. Um, And when we can't find the book locally, we sort of go out into our network of other independent bookstores and we find it that way. And so sometimes people will say, oh, you know, I thought it was going to be right at my favorite bookstore. Well, that's the goal. We try to find it at your favorite local bookstore, but um, we kind of move out from there. So if it's not available there, we just sort of expand the network until we find it. And um, yeah, uh, that's, that's basically how it works. It's pretty straightforward. Um, a lot of the communication is done via email and uh, with a follow-up message. And, um, yeah, the, the whole transaction happens, and then the book is ready and waiting for the customer. When they go into the bookstore, it's prepaid. And it sort of saves people a trip if they're not sure if it's going to be at the bookstore and they don't want to call around. Um, that's really the value of the service. So that's how it works. Excellent. And I know that local is in relatively early stages. What has been the community's reception of local so far? Well, it's been very, very positive. Um, I think one of the things is that I've been getting some some lovely testimonials from customers who say they're really glad that the service exists, that it's a great alternative to shopping at the massive online retailers. And also, I'm hearing from bookstores, and I, I hear that they are appreciating the fact that um, this is a, a business that is trying to support them and making it easy to do so, and I think that's super important. So, um, so far, the response has been really good. I've been doing some trade shows. Um, I'm doing the Howard Zinn Book Fair on November 19th, and um That is in San Francisco, and so I go to some trade shows, I do tabling events with with books, and I meet a lot of people, and the reception has been very, very positive, so I'm excited about that. And how has this reception shaped the way that the platform works? Well, um, you know, I do get feedback, and because we're new and because, uh, you know, in a startup, you are often short on staff, you're doing a lot of the work yourself, so you make it and you put it out there. But if something doesn't work as it should, a customer lets me know right away, and then I can improve the experience. And all of that's incredibly valuable because I'm really relying on aspects of the supply chain to work, and I do a lot of um, to lay the groundwork so that there's a good experience for the bookstore staff and they know what's going on and to ensure that the customer doesn't have any hassles. 
that I learn as I go and from things that present themselves. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I had one instance where a bookstore, not in the Bay Area, I should note, um, because the book wasn't available here, but a bookstore, an independent bookstore outside of our area neglected to send the book to a customer in a timely way. And so then I had to go and make it right for the customer. So there's definitely, you know, kinks as there are with any new business. Um, stuff comes up, mistakes get made. But overall, customers have been wonderful. Um, this particular customer was very patient and understood it was a work in progress. But mostly they're happy and it works really well and, and they do say lovely, encouraging things, which, which makes it better. And, um, and sometimes I get very professional feedback, too. I, I recently got some excellent feedback from a friend of mine who's actually a former college professor and who's worked on user experience for some of the very big tech platforms. And she offered me some lovely, lovely advice about incremental improvements to how customers interact with the platform. And that's incredibly valuable, too. So everything can be put to use right away, which is... Which is um, Nice about being small, you can you can take the feedback and immediately make changes. Unlike you know some large layers and layers of organizations where you know that's going to be harder to do. Excellent. So, what has been the most significant change that you have made uh, based on the customer feedback? Well, I just recently uh, replaced my form with a more reliable form, um, and which had some additional features. So that's one thing. Um, I have I've kept overall the site pretty simple. I've removed some things that I saw over time were not getting the kind of pickup or traction that I thought they might be. So um, it's been it's been streamlined in certain ways. And I'm also looking to do more um, with the blog, so more local author interviews, uh, ways to get some local businesses featured and highlighted, which I've been intending to do for a long time and, and have been doing, but I'd like to do a bit more of that. So, um, yeah, it's developing. Terrific. Do you ever find that consumers are comparing local and Amazon? I don't think so. I think our value propositions are fairly different. Some people may, and if they're only motivated by price, they'd choose Amazon, of course. Yet if they're genuinely concerned about their neighborhood retail environment or how online sales are impacting their community, plus they want to have some degree of online ordering convenience and they want to get something relatively quickly, then local is really a better option. Um, so I, I don't think that there's any kind of direct competition. I really just think there's a different customer out there, and that's the customer we're speaking to. Terrific. I also noticed that you recently launched an audiobook option. How does that work? Ah, well, audiobooks are available through a partnership, and uh, anyone can go to the link. The, the link is libro, L-I-B-R-O dot F-M. Uh, slash local, that's L-O-A-K-L, and you can see a full range of audiobooks which are available, um, usually very recent, you know, releases, um, and just order one. The link, which has our company name in it, ensures that we get a small portion of the sale, which helps. So we don't actually produce the audiobooks ourselves. They're produced by, by Libro FM. But um, it's, it's been great. There's also a membership option, uh, which gives you one audiobook a month for $14.99. Plus, you get the first month for $0.99 cents when you sign up. And you can cancel any time. So if you like audiobooks, it's really worth uh, trying. You can, you can listen to anything and, and get a feel for it. And uh, it's very easy to use. So it's been a, a nice partnership that way. Excellent. So I didn't know about the, the membership option. That's a very new feature. And how yeah. did that come about? Well, it's actually um, it's a standard offer with Libro FM, and those guys are they're working actually with a lot of uh, independent bookstores too. So um, we have sort of similar approaches in a way in that we work with a lot of different independent bookstores and uh, their model also delivers revenue to those independent bookstores. So that's pretty cool. Um, but we're in really different spaces because they only do audiobooks and um, local is only focused on the physical books. So, um, yeah, that's, 
that's kind of how it came about. Do you see yourself doing a membership option for physical books as well? Yes, um, I have been working on that, and hopefully we will have something to announce shortly. But yes, I definitely think that, um, you know, most of us who, who read, um, we want to read more. Um, we want to be encouraged to read more. And I think that, you know, having a book a month is, makes a lot of sense. So more on that soon, hopefully. Um, yeah, awesome. I think that there's a, there's a lot of ways to do that. So we're just kind of like polishing off the details. Excellent. That's great to hear. You know, one of the other things that I'm really impressed with the network of local independent bookstores that you've been sourcing from, um, especially since I know small local business owners often have limited time to learn about and enroll in new technology platforms, even if they have the potential to help their businesses grow. How have you been able to attract bookstores to participate in the local platform? By making it as easy as possible for them to participate. Um, I, I, the benefits of local are, are very clear, and I know local bookstores are juggling a lot and are very skeptical of, you know, new promises or making big commitments where they have to take a risk. So I designed local to bring them immediate business uh, right away and support what they do without any hurdles. And so there's a minimum of commitment on their part, and so it's really a no-brainer. It's very easy for them to benefit from it immediately, and that was intentional. One of the ways the stores benefit is by having inventory for a book that a local customer is requesting, and yet that customer is located just out of the store's normal range of foot traffic. So the local platform enables a sale from someone who might live across town but you know wouldn't otherwise check that particular bookstore. So I, I really think it helps those bookstores with their inventory, with their excess inventory, if you will. Um, I really want to create a different business model and more of a cooperative or a collective model where instead of competing, we can all see the benefit from our strength together. And I believe that's exactly what local's doing. Um, we're, we're helping to helping bookstores stay competitive while they're in an environment where there are very dominant, very sophisticated platforms that are designed to kind of follow customers' impulses and take their money away. So, so how do we provide a service that um, is super easy for bookstores to participate in, um, gives us the maximum coverage from bookstores in a local community, and really provides a benefit and a solution for customers? And I, I think that's what we're doing. Excellent. And... You know, as you talk to these bookstores, what is their reception of the platform? Well, I think that, you know, they're busy and yet they see that there's a benefit. Um, they get sales from the platform and I think that, um, and, and that there's not a lot of time on their part. So I think they're welcoming it. Um, but, you know, bookstores, as I mentioned earlier, they've been through lot of, you know, competitive scenarios with chains and with um, online bookstores and with ebook sales. So I think, you know, they have customers, they have good relationships with their customers. Um, they're doing amazing work. Uh, I, I just want them to see how local complements what they're doing. And I think that they do see that, which is great. And I also know that, uh, you know, local would still drive traffic into the actual store. Can you talk a little bit about how that happens? Yes. Well, the majority of the sales, um, people check the box for in-store pickup. And I would say uh, 60% of the time that's possible, which is pretty amazing. Um, they can go in-store and they can pick up that book. When they go in-store, they might not just pick up that book. They're, of course, going to see everything else on display. It's going to remind them that, oh, they need to get a gift or, oh, they've been meaning to read something else. So, so definitely it's driving people into the stores to pick up the books, which I think is good. And as I mentioned earlier, it's driving people who maybe are not necessarily part of the normal foot traffic for that store. So both of those, I think, are really key, key components to... Um, how local is driving foot traffic 
And uh, every way, any which way that you can drive foot traffic today is really, really valuable to independent retailers because, you know, um, they're competing so much with um, the forces of, of marketing online. So, yeah, I think that's, that's one of the keys. Excellent. And I also noticed that, you know, local has promoted a number of campaigns that some of the local independent bookstores have done, um, you know, when they've started to lose their spaces or, you know, lose funding. Can you talk a little bit more about that as well? Yeah, well, actually, there's a there's a great holiday campaign that's been put on by the Northern California Independent Booksellers Association, and um, it's a con- campaign for the holidays, and it's a very, very curated, lovely selection of books, which um, some of the stores have and you can find online, and the theme is really, um, you know, a book for everyone on your list, and they're, they're kind of encouraging um you know, customers to think about books as the, the ideal gift, which, of course, I think it's the ideal gift because it's um, giving someone an experience. It's not just giving them an object, right? So if you're giving them an object, great, they, they can have it. But with a, books, with a book, you're basically giving them the experience of curling up and reading it and, uh, you know, staying under the covers when it's rainy outside. And, and I think that's really valuable. So, um, this campaign, which takes place in Northern California, has, I think, you know, close to 50 different bookstores participating, and um, it's, it's a range of uh, holiday books, gift books, and um, you can find them both online at some of the bookstore sites, and you can also just go into the bookstores and they'll have them on display, so I totally encourage everyone to do that because it's a, it's a great experience. So that's like an example of the type of campaigns that we try to support. And, you know, um, you really do see that spirit of bookstores working collectively, working with uh, an association like the NCIBA on campaigns, and and local supports that. We support Independent Bookstore Day, um, which happens in the spring, and other campaigns that, that local bookstores participate in. Litquake was a big one. Um, that just happened. We love the folks over at Litquake. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's lots of ways where you already see that sort of community spirit happening within these businesses. Terrific. We're taking a short break, and we'll be right back. Speaking with Hannah Onstad from Local. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Is your community on a journey to build consensus or define a vision for the future? Do you want your organization and people to flourish? Are you feeling burnt out or seeking guidance to leave old patterns of thinking and being behind? With international experience in change leadership, consensus building, and organizational transformation, Thomas Rosenberg guides leaders and change makers, their organizations, and communities on their journeys of transformation. For more information and to contact him, visit Regenerate.coach. Would you like to be the change you see needed in the world? Are you ready to make a difference? If so, tune in to Voice for Truth with host Sharon Wyckoff. Every show will be filled with inspiring content to support you in recognizing your greatness. Guests will share their expertise. Young people will tell how they are making a difference. You too can be a voice for truth. Listen live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset? 
your home. Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are listening to Envision. To find out more about the program or to leave comments and questions, please visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Envision Regenerative Communities. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We are speaking with Hannah Onstad from Local. Local is a social enterprise that helps customers find books across local independent bookstores in Northern California. Hannah, do you see local expanding beyond books in Northern California? Yeah, it's a question. Um, Possibly. I do think about it, but uh, I I will say my personal passion lies with books. Books, bookstores, authors, publishers, and there's something very special about the craft of producing a good book, and I spent decades working within the publishing community, and there are really talented people engaged you know, with the written word. And we're not selling widgets for a reason, I think. So uh, I, I think as long as this particular art form, and it is both a craft and an art form, exists, it will be a top priority for local. Um, I know for me, bookstores are places I visit when I go traveling to, and uh, I always want to pop in. They're such a key to understanding the culture of a place. So I really see Local's long-term mission in supporting these spaces. They're fundamentally different from other media-centric spaces that have literally fallen away in the last 10, 15 years, like video stores and a lot of record stores. Those are gone, but I, I don't think they're coming back. Um, in some cases, we do have vinyl store. You know, vinyl stores are around. But the reading community is different, and uh, I think we love the tactile experience of books, and this is not just adults. This is true of younger readers, too. It's true of children and teens. Many of us prefer to read print books. So while there are a number of ways local could expand, uh, it's likely to be in the realm of books and reading and community first. Terrific. And... You talked about just the craft of, of writing a book and getting it out there. You know, we have a lot of independent authors, uh, authors that are uh, creating their books on Amazon and attempting to sell them. How do you see local working with these authors? Well, um, I have been talking to authors, and there's definitely a need in the local community for authors to be able to sell their books. And uh, a lot of times local independent bookstores have trouble representing all of the self-published books that are out there. They really can't do it. Uh, Retail spaces costly, as we all know, and uh, they just don't have the physical space to do it. And if an author goes the route of Amazon, then, you know, certainly that's going to be their main distribution arm. But there are many, many authors who who really want to craft and publish their own books and um, or even, you know, you know, do small uh, publishing themselves. And I'd love to see a way to be able to sell those books. I mean, maybe there's a way to still keep bookstores involved um, once the sale happens. So I have been thinking about that and talking to local authors, and we're trying to figure this out, I think, because there's definitely a need of uh, for local authors because their community is local, and it makes sense then for them to be able to distribute and sell locally, too. So... Uh, I'd say put a pin in that and more on that later. Terrific. I'll hit you up when I write my book. And <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you're currently operating in Oakland, and I just saw on your website earlier today that you're operating in San Francisco. Do you uh, see yourself operating in other locations in the future? 
Yes, um, I do. Uh, right now, we're we're really Northern California centric, but you know the web um, does not limit us in that way, and we do occasionally get orders from other places, which we can fulfill. So uh, we're kind of growing organically in the sense that uh, as our customers find us and as we reach new customers. Um, Sometimes we're getting, you know, unexpected uh, opportunities to expand, and so we definitely are following up on that and uh, appreciate that. And I think, you know, for for longer term, um, yes, there are lots of communities, and we'd like to see them all thriving and connecting and using local too to support what they're doing. Um, and, and there can be many ways that um, I see a sort of sensible marriage between online and offline worlds in that regard. There's so many diverse bookstores, um, so many different, um, you know, curated experiences that are welcoming, and I see that there are ways that readers can participate more directly with those, both online and offline, and uh, that in a way that doesn't break the model, if you will, um, because we really see our support of what's already happening as, as a crucial aspect of, of the way we want to expand. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see delivery happening in, you know, 10 or 15 cities, and I'd like to see that delivery happen with real people and not drones. Um, I definitely think there's the model of building community partnerships in other cities where, again, we're creating a network of local businesses that can rely on one another and build something where, you know, our the sum is greater than the parts, working alone, and... Um, I think that's what's important to me is that we're using technology to serve all the interests in the community and that growth happens in an in a intentional way and with certain constraints. And those constraints are really our values. Certain things that could be done are not done because the one and primary consideration in this business is how it impacts others. And you know, I hope there are more businesses on this path that we can work with. Excellent. So you said you like to see local in about 10 or 15 cities. And what would it take for local to, to get into, you know, 10 or 15 cities? Like what kind of partnerships well, would you need? Yeah, I'm sorry? What kind of partnerships would you need? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think we're looking at the, the long-term forecast and looking at ways to grow and ways to grow in... Uh, in in a way that doesn't compromise, you know, the values that we're talking about. And I think that's really the challenge. So, you know, there's definitely financial investment. There's definitely um, staffing and looking at how to, how to do that on the ground with organizations when you're not, you know, physically there. Um, what's been great about Locals Growth here is that, you know, it's easy to reach out and sort of touch the community. So I think as we as we look at that, we want to not grow too quickly or um, in a way that compromises what we're trying to achieve. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of moving parts there. We need a lot of things. <laughs> if you fast forward five years, what does success look like for local? Well, um, I think... The success is really in seeing. It's almost a success in in a way that's a little bit invisible, um, meaning, you know, you see these thriving communities and what you don't see is the empty storefronts. Um, what you don't hear about is bookstores struggling, but you really see readers and bookstores connected and you see more um, people using options like local to vote with their dollars. And I think when people do that, um, they're, they're really building, in a sense, um, the world that they want to live in. And it really depends on what kind of world that is. I mean, if you, if you want to see, um, you know, healthy local shopping districts where you can go and shop and get things delivered and, and uh, there are places in your neighborhoods that, you know, employ your teenager or, um, you know, your friends, then those are um, success. Those are successes that we want to support. And I, and I see that as all of our success, not just local success. 
And how can our audience support local? Ah, so many ways. I'm glad you asked. Um, well, first of all, they can just try the service. Um, you can just go to local, L-O-A-K-L dot com and order a book. And if you like the platform, please tell your friends. If you have a good experience, encourage them to order a book. Um, you can do your holiday shopping with us. You can You can place an order and get books for your whole family in one fell swoop. Uh, we're, we're actually doing a special between now and November 30th, so we're trying to get a jump on things. If you order any two books on the site and you enter the code, here's the code, free bird delivery, you can get free delivery and your books will come the first week in December in time for Christmas, and that's just a special for any two books. Um, and beyond that, you can you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Local Oakland. Uh, that's all run together, Local Oakland. And then we're on Facebook at Local.com. And if you come to our site, um, we'd like to stay in touch. There's a sign-up at the very bottom of the homepage, and it says Stay in Touch, and you can subscribe to our newsletter. And that actually has been growing exponentially. People are finding it, so that's that's really nice. Um, and we, we don't write to you all the time. We write to you about, you know, seven or eight times a year, so it's it's pretty, um, pretty minimal. Um, yeah, and if you if you are jazzed by the prospect of local, you know we might we just like to talk to you if you're interested in helping us grow the business. Um, I'd love to talk to you. You can always reach me. Um, my name is Hannah, and uh, I'm the co-founder. And you can use the info at local dot com address, and that's info at l o a k l dot com, and just send me an email. And uh, there's lots of ways to get involved. Terrific. Thank you so much, Hannah. It was a pleasure having you on the show today. Oh, thank you so much, Ronnie. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for for your wonderful work. Thank you. Today we spoke with Hannah Onstad of Local about the importance of buying local and how Local's online platform makes buying local easy and convenient. Look for announcements on our voiceamerica.com homepage and you will find a recording of today's show and other shows and social media links. And if you're looking for support on starting and growing a small business with positive community impact, please visit me at Optima Business Bootcamp. Thank you again for joining us today. I'm Ronnie Langer-Croger, and this is Envision. Thank you for tuning in this week to Envision. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for future shows, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Envision Regenerative Communities. For more information about today's guests and upcoming shows, please see our show page on voiceamerica.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week.